Welcome back to the DMP pod. Today is Wednesday, December 8th. Um, we've hit our 40th episode, um, which is insane to think about. We've been doing this for almost a year. Um, but holy shit. Anyways, uh, Matt, how you doing tonight? I'm good, bro. 40, big round number. Life comes at you quick. It does feel like just yesterday we were uh, trading texts and phone calls talking about doing something like this and now we're 40 deep it's kind of wild like all start episode um <laughs> <laughs> last week everybody got their uh spotify wrapped and we got one as well and i don't know about you but when i saw those i was absolutely floored by the numbers that we got and just to, to share a little bit um Top listens, obviously USA, but other two countries, Australia, shout out Vindog, and Lithuania. So whoever the list, special listener in Lithuania is, um, maybe it's a distant relative of mine. I don't know, but we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Yes. I think it might be someone on uh, down in your lineage holding it down. <laughs> maybe they got the link from somebody, the RSS code. <laughs> um, another crazy stat is that it might sound not sound like a big number, but it's a huge number to me. Just that anybody listens to this, but eleven of y'all listen to us more than any other podcast. Um, so That's shout chaos. out to you, special eleven people. Um, yeah, big shout out to you guys. That's crazy uh, that you listen to us more than anyone else. I apologize uh, as well as as well as thank you. I feel like Chris Rock. I gotta thank you. <laughs> I gotta thank you. Yes, thank you. But uh, that's crazy. Keep keep it coming. We appreciate you. Keep keep hammering that uh, play and subscribe button. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a feeling. It's been a lot of fun this year. Um, we got a fun episode. We're gonna talk a little bit of dubs. Um, we are in the holiday season, so we're gonna talk a little of Christmas music. But before we get into that, um, let's talk about the biggest thing going around in Dub Nation. That's uh, Steph Curry, sixteen three pointers away from the record. Um, Ray Allen's three-point regular season or three-point career regular season record is 2,973. Um, Steph is 16 away and will be doing it in what? I don't know the exact number of games, but I know it's less than a thousand. Um, yeah, but it's going to be an exciting next couple of games. That's for sure. Yeah. So if you had to put your money on it, how many games do you think it takes for him to break the record? So would that would that be? My math is off. Does that mean he has to make 16 or 17 Tracy's? Uh, 15 to tie, 16 to beat it. Okay, 16 um, to win. So we'll, if you had to put your money on it, what are we saying? Are we saying two games? I, a lot of people on uh, Twitter are saying that he's going to do it next game. He's going to break Clay's record for threes in a, in a single, and then he's going to break Ray Allen's career record in the same game, which is bananas. That would be – so I'm, I'm going to say I think he does it in two. Um, I think that's a – as unrealistic, it just sounds insane. He'd be like, yeah, he can easily hit eight three-pointers two games in a row, which he does. Um, yeah. I It would be – this would have to rank as, like, top five NBA history – history's, like, stories if he does it <laughs> to, uh, tonight against the Blazers. Um, we'll talk about the Blazers later, but, I mean, Steph had his career high last year against them where he put up 62. That's um, true. The Blazers are down bad. They've got everything going against them. Um, no Dame. And no Steph's CJ. a fucking psychopath. He's a maniac. Um, I can I can see it happening. I would love to see it happen. 
I'll tell you what, he's for sure going to chuck up enough attempts. That's a foregone yeah. conclusion. There's going to be no uh, worry about him getting enough three-pointers. He's going to take them. It's just, are they going to go down or not? Um, yeah. But it would be sick. I mean, it's it's against Portland, the team he had his career high against. Like we said, it would be him beating Clay's record, him beating Ray Allen, and it would all be doing it on a nationally televised game on ESPN at home. So it, there would be it's nothing just... cooler than for him to do it. Yeah, I – God damn, I just can't even think about how crazy it is. He has that ment- – obviously, he has a mentality, but <laughs> it would just be so fucking cool. We'll be able to tell, I feel like, early on. He's going to chuck to start. I just feel like he's going to come out of the yeah, gates. Yeah. Um, I was telling anybody, a little bit. hammer the over on this game. Yeah. Port- Portland may be shorthanded, but Steph is gunning when he gets out there. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go through little spurts where he's going to try to test it a little bit. Um. I mean, I, I, I think it's a guarantee he makes more than 10, assuming he doesn't have, like, a, a cold night. Um, Oof. It'll be That's fun. It's a, a lot, bro. That's a lot. <laughs> He's done it, like, 40 times. <laughs> he has. He has. That's true. That, now, that's a hilarious graphic to look at is uh, – I think it's how many 10, 10 three-pointer games he has next to everybody else. Like you said, he's got fucking 40 of them things. I think James Harden has, like, three <laughs> – yeah, it's it's an insane. It is a crazy number. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and be conservative here. I'm gonna say he does it. Uh, he breaks it in the Indiana game on uh, so December 13th. Three games. three games to make 16 threes. Obviously, it's the conservative pussy pick. Um, but <laughs> I mean, uh, that see, I say the... two. I say two because mm-hmm. like we're talking about how psychotic he is to think he can do it in in one game. If he hits, like, eight tomorrow night, like, he's going to go bananas against whoever they play. Um, oh, you know what? Then they play Philly in Philly, so he'd do it against his brother in Philadelphia on another nationally televised Oh, ABC. you got to lock that in. Saturday, yeah, December fuck, you right. <laughs> I think he might do it. That's a lock. <laughs> yeah, I take that back. He's doing it on Saturday against, uh, against the Sixers, no doubt in my mind. He loves oh, playing against Seth. Yeah, it's... it's yep. The holidays, a family affair. He's going to show up his brother. That's also nationally televised. Um, mm-hmm. Lock that the fuck in. Um, I'm sure the family will travel and they'll have a big Curry Rivers extravaganza after the game. Yeah, that's got that's got like fairy tale written all over it. Lock it <laughs> right. in December 11th. Um, oh shit! Just a real quick thing. Editor's note. Um, live editor's note. I said 11 fans. I looked at the notes again. We had 44 fans listening to DMP more than other episodes. Oh, um, I had to make that change. 44. I apologize for reading that wrong. Shout out to the other 44 people that we forgot to mention. We love you dearly. Um, Holy I shit. I feel like I'd be an asshole for not mentioning that. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected that. You know, AB is actually lying. He just wants to make it sound better on wax. Yeah. In about 30 minutes, I'm going to correct myself again and say 144. <laughs> actually, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 269 uh, people. Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, we've had a good, uh, a decent couple uh, games behind us. We lost the Spurs. Um, I don't know if you want to make anything of that game. Um, again, I mean, Spurs, the Spurs play is tough. I'm not going to lie. They play is tough every time. It's that Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr connection. They're always going to give us a good game. We were coming off two really draining big games against Phoenix back to back. Um, it, it had trap game written all over it. 
and uh, shout out to San Antonio, man. They, they took advantage. I mean, they got off to a big start and looked, I mean, we closed the gap uh, and made a late run, but just too little too late. Yeah. They, I just remember last year, like the, the Juante Murray, the Jonte Murray, he just going off. And I know Derek White had a good game against us the other night, but mm-hmm. it's just Murray's fucking awesome. I'll just say that and leave it at that. He's, He's playing so well. I hope he play, stays healthy because he's a very interesting point guard. I don't know how else to say it. He's long. He's yeah. athletic. He's a hell of a, def- hell of a defender. Great um, defender. And I said this to you earlier, but I take my comments back about those city jerseys they rock. Um, they look a lot better right. on TV. They look incredible on TV. Not a lot better. <laughs> they look amazing with that teal and white. Oh, man. It's yeah. it's beautiful. I'm glad you uh, you saw the light. It's too nice for the San Antonio Spurs. I'll say that. We got to throw them a bone. They, they rock those boring ass black and silvers all year. They got to have something to throw in the mix. So they did a good job. Jacob Pertle or Poitle giving us the business, <laughs> man. Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. No, thanks. Um, other things to know, I feel like, again, week over week, we continue to talk and, and praise uh, Andrew Wiggins, but he just keeps getting better and better. Um, the other night against mm-hmm. Orlando, granted it was against Orlando, eight of, I want to say 13 from the three. He eight, shot of, eight of eight of 10. Eight of 10. Um, it was a career high in threes for him. He's never made eight threes in a game before. He's uh, smiling. He's dunking. He's happy. He had some good quotes after the game. He's just like, I'm happy to be here. I love my teammates. I'm I'm energized. All this shit that I guess this is the potential you're looking for in Andrew Wiggins. Um, Because another week, we're proved wrong. And he's making it happen. He's, He's continuing to play well. So correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was the November 17th episode where we got on the microphone and talked shit about Wiggins and his production. Not necessarily talk shit, but we were a little bit realistic with the evaluation of how he was playing, all that. And since then, since November 21st, Wiggins is shooting 58% from three, which is the best among all NBA players who have taken at least 23 pointers. That's crazy. Pretty fucking good for Andrew Wiggins. Holy shit. 58%. He's 26 for 45 from three since November 21st. That's that's sniper shit. Yeah. And he's he's doing his thing where he's he's making the open looks, and he's obviously gonna continue to get those open looks for all the attention that gets onto Steph and Jordan Poole. Um mm-hmm. and early in the season, like I was I was cringing when he would take them because it's just like it's just not his game. And he's found a way to to get his shot going, um, which then opens up his ISO stuff. We keep seeing him do that that heralded uh, Penny Hardaway move, where he does kind of like the half spit, fake spin. Um, I can watch that on loop like fifteen times every time he does it. I got to um, tell you, that's an incredible move. Also, uh, I've been nerding out playing a lot of new the new two K twenty two. They just put that animation in the game, so now you, you can, can do assign- that move. You can assign the penny step back to your my player. So I've just been penny step backing on everybody, clanking <laughs> the jumper, of course, but definitely going with the move. But it looked good amazing. doing it. <laughs> That's all that matters. Everyone knows that. You just got to look good. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's great to see the Wigan stuff work out. Again, this is his first time playing on a true winning team. Um, 
And sometimes mm-hmm. it's all a player really needs to really figure it out is to play with good players and not be on a shitty team. So it's uh, and yeah. again, he's only 26. He's only 26. And everyone knows you become the best player that you can be when you turn 27. So we haven't even seen the best Wiggins yet. Next year, Dude, he's going to go to a whole new level. I saw that the other day because most recently it was Giannis's birthday, his 27th birthday. I'm not sure if you have some of those other um, players that like took off at their 27th birthday, but did you see that? Yeah, I want to say, was it Dragonfly Jones that uh, tweeted that? It was him and his, it was a couple other people that kind of like thread, like added a thread to it. So I'm pretty um, sure the the 27 players were Giannis, obviously, that they were talking about Jordan, because I don't think Jordan won his first ring until he was, no, he was, in his, was he in his 30s when he won his first ring? How old was Jordan in 91? I want to say he was, he may yeah, have been. Like he had to be older, right? Because the NBA was just owned in the 90s, early, uh, excuse me, the 80s by the, Lakers, Celtics, and Pistons. So Jordan yeah. was born in 63. So he, yeah, he, might, he would have been probably like right around 27 when he won his first chip in 91. There was a couple other ones that I saw. So like Steph's 2015, 2016 year, he was 27. 27. Shaq's yep. best year of his career when he was uh, 99, 2000 Lakers. Um, he was 27. I think LeBron was on there, right? Isn't that when he LeBron won? was 27. I really need to find this shit. Um, I want to say he, that was his heat year, right? Yeah, it's just an it's an insane line of like players. Oh, here we go. Tim Duncan turned twenty seven game three of the first round in two thousand three. So that means Jesus. that was the year they beat the Kobe and Shaq team. That was the, um, was that the year before the D Fish point four buzzer beater, or was that the same series? That was the year before. Gotcha. Um, what else? Garnett was 27 in 2004 when he won his MVP. first M- his MVP. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> Wade was 27 in 06. This is insane. It's just <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. It's funny because you get two totally different sides of the coin. If you're talking 27 club and music, you're talking death. <laughs> if you're talking... <laughs> The 27 club in the NBA, you're talking legendary status. So yeah. Wiggins can get there, bro. Another year, I believe it. I think you might have one kid already. Everyone knows when you have more kids, the game gets tighter. So Better. give him some time. Yeah. Shout out to Wiggs. Um, on the note of high flyers, thought it'd be helpful. To, or not helpful, but it'd be cool to talk about Joku, as they call him. But Kuminga had a, a nice little uh, garbage time flash. Um against the magic yeah dude that putback was nasty he had a good fast break this is all following up a just drubbing of players out in the g league um yeah just putting up like close to 30 points a game um dominating to the point where we could have used him against san antonio um but i think so was that the same night that he uh he played the south bay lakers i think uh, Santa Cruz lost by like damn near 20, but he had a vicious dunk at the end of the game where he kind of bobbled a loose ball and then out of nowhere took off off two feet. He's, his yeah, athleticism so. is crazy, dude. Like the way – how quick he jumps, he just fucking floats in the air. Kaminga's on another level. He's so much fun to watch. And that that tip, splant, tip slam especially was uh, something to see. It got me up out of my chair. Dude, he <laughs> – 
I'm watching a highlight right now. He, when he figures it out, like how to like play off, just playing off the rebound for one, but also just like using that ability to like create his own shot and everything. Um, yeah, dude, I'm fucking excited. <laughs> Me too. Another one of those guys, give him, give him a couple of years. He's in the perfect situation, being able to kind of like sit back, get better, soak up game. And when it's when it's his time, it's looking scary. Very, very excited for it. No, <laughs> yeah. Just just wait eight more years for Jonathan Kuminga. Yeah. All we need. Um, some other interesting stuff came out today um, about uh, our friend Kevin's uh, Indiana Pacers. Um, mm, sorry, so Pacers. Kev. A team kind of just stuck in mediocrity right now. Um, they kind of stuff that's been like, inevitable i feel like about what to do with the karis leverts miles turner is demontis Sabonis's. um so the reports came out that they're putting them all on the block and starting to take offers so of course twitter starts chirping around what can the warriors do how can the warriors improve on their team um the most common one i found was you know getting a deal done for i think i saw like either miles or demontis but it was essentially like giving up moody giving up um Wiseman and probably some picks, maybe even like Looney. Um, what are your thoughts there? We'll start there. So I think the one that I saw floating around was uh Kuminga and Wiseman for Miles Turner. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't have Wiseman right now, we're not going to have him until some point in the new year. It doesn't look like it's going to be anytime soon, probably another two, three months, which I'm fine with, but you're not getting that production. Kaminga's up and down from the G League. So if you do trade for a guy like Miles Turner, you instantly get another big who can shoot, a big who can anchor a defense. He, th- I think he's leading the league in blocks. If not, he's top five for sure. So you get better instantly. You get better currently, but you really are mortgaging a lot of the future. Um, so I'm, I'm against it. I don't want to make any trades, dude. We're, we're the number one seed in the West in the NBA. I, I see no reason to shake it up and – I'm always all for trying to make your team better and doing what it takes to do that. But I don't know. I think we got something special here, especially with the mix of guys. And uh, I'm, I'm out on all uh, trades involving the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> they got nothing, nothing I want, unless you're trying to give me Pulpo for uh Yeah. Throw for, Pulpo uh, in the mix. We might talk now, um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think like Turner, like this is what I love about this, how young the league is there's players that feel like they've been in the league for almost 10 years and they're all like barely 25. So Turner's only 25. So he still has a ton of That's runway it. to go. Um, I'm a big fan of miles Turner. I don't think we, I, I agree with you. Like there's no reason to shake it up based yeah. off how they're playing this year. If we were like fourth in the West middle of the pack in the, in the playoff contention, um, I'd be more inclined to do it. I wouldn't want to put Kaminga in there. I wouldn't want to put pool in there, but anybody else that's like in that bottom, t- like the bottom of our uh, rotation and, and core mm-hmm. or youth, I mean, um, all for it. I mean, he's a stretch big. He's, he's a great shot blocker. He's averaging just about three a game. Um, but I, I feel like you can kind of play him off the floor. I think offensively his game gets a little bit like, I just think I just think he's like hella stiff. I don't know how else to explain it. He just like he doesn't really like use his body much inside. Um, and That's the way, way the Warriors play, he's just gonna kind of like continue to float out on the three point line, which is we just don't 
it's not worth yeah. giving up on someone we haven't really seen play in a good system just yet. So that's a good way um, to put it, especially since we're all about like pace and space. I feel like he would probably clog up a lot of that rotation and spacing that we would have. Um, but yeah, I mean, plain and simple, I just don't see the reason to shake it up. Uh, but there are a lot of teams that could benefit from him. So I hope he does get moved um, to a better situation. I know a lot of people throwing Charlotte around. I don't know Ooh. what they would give in return. Um, but I have seen, <clears throat> excuse me, I have seen Charlotte as uh, like one of the destinations for a while now. I feel like that's been kind of floating around for a couple of years, right around trade block time. Trade hey, Miles Turner has been, he's been on the block, uh, not on the block, but he's been in rumors for the last like four years. I know, uh, yes, Trill Withers, he talks about Miles Turner literally every single episode of his podcast about where he'd be he a does. good fit. Dude, I think the Hornets are like a big that's not Mason Plumley away from being like a legit Eastern Conference team. Um, and they have a lot of pieces, both young and like financially, where they can kind of move off like, you throw in um, the McDaniels brother, maybe a Martin brother if you have him. Um, I mean, I don't think you'd want to give up PJ, but I would think about it. And if you need to give up some money, just you can have Miles or Mason Plumley. I think they have plenty of like assets to give up for. I can't imagine the asking price is too much for Turner. Um, Sabonis, different story, but yeah, at this point, I don't see why charlotte is too eager to hang on to pj like i know he's dealt with some injury issues but it does feel like he's kind of been bouncing in and out of the rotation so i mean if you package pj and Plumley and maybe a pick or something maybe you don't even have to attach a pick but i see that being a pretty pretty good trade yeah uh, being able to get turner back for for pieces like that for sure we'll have to uh phone in kevin and get some mistakes there but Yes. Um, oh, also, speaking of Charlotte, did you see the nasty dunk that Book Knight had the other Yes. The tip, oh uh, was it a tip-in? Yes. Yeah. And just, I mean, similar to how I described Kuminga as far as, like, floating, Book Knight, Dude. <laughs> his bounce is incredible. And I cannot wait until he gets steadier minutes in the rotation, which I, might be a while because their backcourt is so – fucking jam-packed yeah but it, it is fun and nice to see uh <laughs> the potential that that kid has dude i mean he's been destroying people in the g league um, yep. when he gets those runs and i think the best thing to happen is Lamelo getting covid and having to sit out for about a week and a half because um, right. like you said it's the only way he's going to get run he's not going to get run over ish smith unfortunately then you got um T- terry you know, terry Lamelo. Um, they slide Gordon. in the Martin brother a little bit as like a guard. Um, I feel like Gordon Hayward kind of handles the ball Gordon a little Hayward, bit. Kelly Oubre, who's been playing really well. He's been playing like a potential six man of the year candidate, which is, I mean, I'm a fan of Kelly Oubre is traditionally, yeah. but not a fan of him on the Warriors. <laughs> so I mean, it's cool put, to see Kells. Put him in a system that he meshes with and he thrives. What do you know? Hey, he's got a kid too. Oh, that's true. That's Holy right. Shit. You know? All right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yep. Um, other interesting stuff going around the league. The Dubs play with Portland tonight. A um, lot of news coming out of the, the Blazers camp for a team that's been just shit in the bed this year, um, which is why I think it's it, it makes Steph's night 
possible. Um, so the week for the, we'll just go the last like seven days for the Blazers. They fired their um, GM, Neil Oshley, Olshi, however you say it, um, for just being an absolute asshole. Um, under investigation for workplace misconduct, anger management, just creating a terrible internal organization for the Blazers. Um, he was in some hot water around the Chauncey Billups hiring. I think that's when some of the stuff about him started coming out. People were not um, happy about that. Yeah. And then, like, so they got his ass out of there about time. Um, and then the whole Dame Willard stuff started popping up to where, again, we saw this going into the season. Willard's frustrations with the organization. Um, he had an interesting quote. I don't know if you saw it, but he's like, he wants to play with a defensive-minded player. The Blazers are 30th in the league in defense, so it makes sense why yeah. you want to play with someone defensive-minded. Because he he doesn't want to fucking play defense. He wants somebody oh, else none to of do, do it. It's, it's him, CJ, Norm Powell, um, like Larry Nance, <laughs> like Robert yeah, Covington. Like none of those motherfuckers play defense. Nurkic. Yeah, they don't have any <laughs> shut-down, lockdown guards. No. Definitely they don't not. even have any uh, what's decent the, defensive players. What's the little young uh, guard? I feel like he's still nineteen. Anthony? He's got like the mini. Yeah, Anthony Simons. Like they're not. No. They're not locking up, dude. Like, did you see the the player names that he listed that he would enjoy playing with? That's what I was gonna bring up. <laughs> so he said he wanted to play with Ben Simmons. Good. Uh, what's Juice. what's the next one? Juice. Jalen Brown. Good and. Yes. Uh, the one and only. I think his talents obviously are the same as the other two. Aaron Gordon. How do you put Aaron Gordon in the same list, in the same sentence, in the same regard as the other two, I mean, all-star, borderline all-star players that we just named? That's crazy. Everybody knows when you think Aaron Gordon, you think <laughs> lockdown defender. Um, yeah, lockdown perimeter right. defender at that. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. That's crazy. But hey, he, he knows who he wants to play with. Yeah, and it makes me think, like, does that mean he wants them to try to get those players? Or does that mean he wants to get out and go play with them in those locations? I think um, he's too stubborn and too much of a hardo to go anywhere else. I think he wants to do it in Portland. He just wants things to change. Well, think speaking of being a hardo and wanting things to change, he then Ooh. proceeded to ask, or these are all reports, allegedly, um, that he wants 170 or 107 million over a two-year span for his extension next summer, um, which will net out about $50 million a year going into his 35th and 36-year-old season. Um, now, he's in no signs of slowing down, um, but it's like going off that harder thing. Is he just going like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I'm done with this. Just pay me out, cash me out, and I'm done with this? Or... I mean, because they're not going to hire a GM. They got to figure out how to keep him happy before they can hire a GM. So it's like, who's going to be making these moves to get Jalen in there? Like, who's going to make moves to get Ben Simmons in there? Fuck, who's even like, going to get Aaron Gordon? No idea. I guess you really you got to see is the the smoke with, with Chauncey real? Because if he actually has an issue with the way Chauncey is running a team or coaching, then, yeah, I mean, it would make sense if he wanted to get out of there. I don't see them – well, yeah, actually, I do obviously see them picking Dame over Chauncey. Um, but Chauncey did just get there. So, so to see him get fired midway through his first season because the star player is calling you out would be pretty wild. Yeah, and it was shaky to go in. I remember, like, Dame was a little bit 
he's just always kind of a, a hard ass and grumpy kind of guy about things. Like I feel like he, yeah. got, I mean, for, for Dame's sake, he got bad raps for being okay with Chauncey coming in. And I think like, I think he maybe initially wanted Jay kid. I don't know. Um, yeah, that was, the I do way. think he just, he should just move on and, and, and force his way out of Portland. Um, like the, yeah, new, the hits keep talking keep, about it. The hits keep coming from them. I think today they announced that, um, Lehigh's very own uh, CJ McCollum collapsed right lung and it's out indefinitely. I'm not really sure how long it's going to take. I don't even know how that happened. Um, but <laughs> it I feel was for funny. CJ. I read that on Twitter today. Not funny. I, I do feel for CJ, a big fan of his. But I was I went to go Google how long are you out with a collapsed right lung? And then I'm like, wait, what the fuck? This is ridiculous. I can't even search something like this. So I just, you know, didn't. And I'm hoping he gets better soon. That's that. You got to ask our uh, our resident warriors doctor. Um, oh yeah, Doctor Nadav. Yeah, see what he has to say. <laughs> he had a, some pretty good input about uh about James Wiseman's recovery. Not to go back to the Warriors, but uh, a lot of people are just like, I guess a lot of people on Twitter are not happy with the way Kerr has been handling it in the media. They want him back sooner. This and that. And um, Doctor Nadav tweeted out that like average time to come back from an is six to nine months. I don't even think. Wiseman is at six months yet, so it's very normal, especially for someone his size, which is great to hear. Yeah, I saw that too, and it's like, I'm curious, is that like, I feel like Steve Kerr gets the questions in lumps of like, where's Clay, where's Wiseman, and he kind of just like says the same shit. Mm -hmm. But like, I think people are underestimating how recently his injury was. Like, yeah, it was last season, but it was what four towards months the end of the like, season, <laughs> and like a meniscus takes a long ass time. Um, unless you're and he's a big man, he's he's trying to fill out his body. I think what spurred it was uh, spurred everything was that that clip of him just like doing point guard style handles, um, losing the ball, which, dribbling off his foot again, promising stuff to see, <laughs> sure, sure. But I mean, given the way the team's playing, like, why, why rush him back just to sort of like please the masses and again like like our boy said um he's doing better you know than than normally you know you would with a meniscus tear and then coming back from that so Mm -hmm. um so real quick to jump back to uh blazers talk oh yeah we were talking about uh your noted friend neil olshley getting canned (laughs) so (laughs) i just wanted to pull up real quick do a little uh spur of the moment deep dive he became the GM in 2012, so I just wanted to read through his draft picks since 2012. That way we can decide whether he's good, mid, or big trash. So 2012, he drafted Damian Lillard, Myers Leonard. Um, he acquired Will Barton, and he traded away Tyshawn Taylor in the draft. So Tyshawn all in so all, you, <laughs> Sorry. he was. You find Damian Lillard at six overall. A lot of people are kind of iffy on him coming out of Weber State. I think you find a gem in that. It's your first draft pick. I'll give him a thumbs up for his first year. I think that's a pretty good draft. 2013, he drafts C.J. McCollum. I will say, say, Will Barton was a great pick. Will Barton was solid for them. They didn't want to pay his ass. They shipped him off to uh, Denver. Denver. Um, And he's still been playing well. So I'll give him credit for for Barton, too. Yeah, Will Barton's yeah, he's really good, and that was a good find back then as well. They got him 40th overall. Um, I know. 
2013, they draft CJ 10 overall out of Lehigh. Another one where people were kind of iffy on him coming out. I think he had broken his foot in college, so he had to sit a lot of time out. Um, also, they picked uh, Jeff, or they acquired Jeff Withy in the second round. Big man from Kansas. Oh, yeah. I don't know if everybody remembers him. I think he was a four-year guy, right? He's got four-year guy written all over him. Definitely was. Um, also, <laughs> uh, Marco Todorovic, who from like Montenegro, I think he was just a draft and stash. 2014, no pick. Uh, 2015, they drafted Rondé Hollis Jefferson, traded him to the Brooklyn Nets. 2016, no draft picks. 2017, 15 overall, they picked Justin Jackson, your baby boy out of North Carolina, traded him directly to the Kings. Uh, that was 15th overall. These 20th trades, overall. Are they getting anything in return? Or does it say? Uh, let's see. This one does. Who do they get for Rondé? And then who do they get for Justin Jackson? Great question. Let's see here. I wish Wikipedia was a little bit uh, a little bit more high tech. Um, I'm helping you out here. You got me. Um, let's see. Where? What year are we talking about? Let's so, go. 2015, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Who do we get, or who do they get for him from Brooklyn? Selected Rondé Hollis, Hollis Jefferson. <laughs> in, 20, in June 25th, 2015, traded Steve Blake and Rondé Hollis Jefferson to the Nets for Pat Connaughton and Mason Plumley. Oh, okay. I'm, Connaughton came off the bench for a few years from them. Um, but we're missing a few things is in 2015 as well, they traded Will Barton and a pick that became Malik Beasley to the Nuggets for Aaron Aflalo, Alonzo G, and a first-round pick that was lottery-protected. Or no, the pick that they traded was lottery-protected, sorry. So they traded okay. Will Barton and what became Malik Beasley for Aflalo and Alonzo G. That's not good. That same year, they signed Tim Frazier to a multi-year contract, traded Nicholas Batum, for Gerald Henderson and Noah Vonley. And then that oh. next day, got Rondé Hollis, traded him to, for Ponton, Pat Connaughton, and Mason Plumley. Yeah, this <laughs> is not damn. a good track record. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Dame and CJ, it's not. It's looking very mid, very bad. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about the, the Zach Collins trade uh, or the pick. Um I mean, I, I hate to say it because I was a fan of his coming out. He took Caleb Swanigan in the first round. I think he ate his way out of the league, unfortunately. Purdue legend. Yeah. Um, Anthony Simons, who they picked in the first round, 2018, still on the team. Um, was that a good pick? I think that still remains to be seen. He's still super young. He's playing rotation minutes for them, so yeah, can't be that bad to snag at the end of the first round. He saw and then they the took... last thing I'll go back to is you mentioned Justin Jackson. So yes. we picked up, they drafted, they had three picks in the first round that year. They selected mm -hmm. Justin Jackson and Harry Giles and traded that for Zach Collins. So on paper, it seemed like a good idea. I think right. you can never fault someone's decisions off of injury track records. Um, I still think Zach Collins stinks, um, but I'm not going to fault Neil Olshey for, uh, for making that trade because Justin Jackson and Harry Giles 
didn't do shit either. So, so for uh, for Zach Collins, they traded those those two for Zach Collins. He only played 154 games for the Blazers in what would, what would that be? Five years, four years, four yep. years, I think. So not good. Uh, and then 2019, they took Nas Little, still on the team, but we don't really know how that's going to go yet. And then 2020, they took the man who squared up with LeBron, Isaiah Stewart, um, and traded him to Detroit. Now, who did they get in return? I'm not sure. That might have been like a Let's see, on November 22nd, 2020, Isaiah Stewart, Trevor Ariza, and a conditional future first-round pick were traded to the uh, Rockets in exchange for Robert Covington. I think one of those picks or something belonged to the Blazers, so they're roped in there. And then the last one, solid. CJ Ellaby, <laughs> which second-round pick, so it is what it is, but um, all in all, I think we can say that the, uh, the firing of Neil Olshey was was good was permitted let's not let's not mistake it that he got fired for for bad track record of picks and decisions he got fired for being a terrible gm that was investigated for misconduct and all these different allegations um oh yeah it was hr reasons but yeah <laughs> the uh you know the, the work behind it wasn't good either so yeah there is there is like stories of him like if you found if he was mad, you knew like to stay the hell out of his way because he would just like tear you apart and just verbally abuse you. Um, Not good, but yeah, good to see his ass out of there. I don't know what to make of the, the Blazers. If there's any Blazer fans that listen, um, would love to hear your your take because uh, not looking good for the old the old Zers up in the Northwest. Um, no, they're not, which is weird because you look at their uh, like the team stats ranked up ranked in the league. They're 13th in points scored, 15th in field goal percentage, 13th in three-point percentage, 9th in the free throw percentage, 23rd in rebounds, 20th in blocks. So they're very, like, middle of the pack. Very, They're just very, very, very mid. And That's terrible defense. No defense. And, I mean, I hate to say it, do we really think Yusuf Nurkic is going to play a whole season? He's constantly out of the lineup. Now I mean, uh, breaks his leg every like eight every months. year. <laughs> <laughs> CJ McCollum is out with a what? What, what do we say that CJ has right now? Collapsed lung. A collapsed lung. Jesus, Dame is upset. <laughs> I'm upset. It's just not. <laughs> it's not looking good, dude. So I, I'm I'm not buying any uh, any Blazers stock. No, no. Them and the Pacers I need to. Uh, maybe they can get in some business. See what happens. Just swap mediocrity. Um, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, outside of that fun last, I'd say seven days around the league. One thing we didn't mention was we saw the, uh, biggest loss in NBA history, um, over the weekend where the thunder lost to the Grizz dogs, a John Morant list Grizz dogs at that 152 to 79, a 73 point loss. Um, Oh my God. A drubbing as they would say, a, uh, an ass whooping as they would say. Yeah. That's just embarrassing, man. Yeah. I mean, you can you can tank. There's tanking, and then there's, like, tanking. So what is just... their – what are they doing? What is their plan? Because they traded away Paul George for Shea Gilgis-Alexander and all these picks to rebuild. They took Josh Giddy high in the draft. They're hanging on to Lou Dort. They think that he's something special. Darius Basley 
has not really taken a step that anyone thinks he had he will. Uh, I don't think Theo Maladon is very good. <laughs> Poku. Poku is hot trash. Um, and then it's just a whole bunch of mid on the team. Besides that, I like Trey Mann that they just took, but I don't know what they're doing. They don't seem to me to have like a, a team identity, which I think is important. <laughs> very yeah. important, some might say. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck OKC is doing. I don't see them getting any better anytime soon. I really, really like Shea. It's a bummer that he's stuck there. I like the idea that he's able to be like the man for this team, but damn, you're losing by 70 fucking points. That's pathetic. Yeah, I think I think Shea's out of there by the end of next season. Um, I honestly think just given, yeah, I think given the fact that they are the Oklahoma City Thunder and they will never be a destination. I think Presti is just continuing just to take swings and just hoping that someone fits and just keep that conveyor belt of picks and young talent just moving um, because there's not much else they can do. Like I love Shea, no. but he's not on a team to where he can put them in contention for a playoff spot. No, he's not. Um, the players they're drafting aren't good. Um, and so I guess their idea is like, let's just wait until we get, maybe we get, the first overall pick next year and we get Paulo Banquero and maybe he does some stuff for us or maybe we get Chet Holgrim or something like that. I think they're just going to keep yeah. swinging at their next, you know, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, um, James Harden. And just, just, gonna say, just pray. I think what they have to do is draft three generational players all in a row and then do anything they can to hang on to them. Dude, oh, I, I legit think that's what their strategy is. I mean, they did that, and then they were too cheap to keep Serge Ibaka that – or, excuse me, to keep James Harden that it all blew up. Yeah. So you either have to have amazing luck and luck into drafting three or however many incredible players in a row, and then you got to have the balls to fucking write the check for those players and keep them, or else it's just going to be a revolving door of trash. And unfortunately yeah. right now, that's what OKC is. Well, they – uh they did the the wrong thing of like getting a little too conservative. We don't need to go back into history and talk about their 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 failures, but yeah, man, it's <laughs> they just they just got to draft Kevin Durant again. Simple as that. Just yeah, draft him. I again. don't see I don't see the issue. I don't see where the hard part is. No, and I mean this this is the team that's just like collecting as many draft picks as they can, and everybody is like, oh my god, do you see OKC? He's a wizard. There's, He's a GM there's, wizard. They're stacking picks. They're going to be loaded in the future. Are we sure that that's even good? Are we sure that like that's even a good strategy? Because these picks are conveying to them and <laughs> they're not where they thought they would be. These picks no. are now coming in like the, the late teens, the 20s, and they're not getting the talent that they, they were planning on getting with that. Yeah, it's... Hey, but Giddy looks pretty good. I don't know if... <laughs> sure. <laughs> Again, they're going to have these like, this guy looks pretty good on a team that's never going to get a veteran. Maybe they can try to get off some expiring deal of someone that's, you know, borderline close and all-star. Maybe they can convince Philly to get off, come off of Ben Simmons um, for him to probably refuse to play there. Um, yeah, he wouldn't suit up there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They just, they just, thunder talk. They, they just need to do, just do it again. Just get Russell Westbrook and, and, and Kevin Durant. God, imagine having to cover the thunder as like a beat writer. <laughs> that would be tough. I do love how 
when I <laughs> they lost by 73 points and I feel bad for the little uh intern running social who has to like put out a tweet about the, the score and then yeah. some like little like <laughs> little cliche like tweet with it they're just like pack it up it will start we'll try again tomorrow <laughs> yeah what, what, what gift can i find to make this like palatable <laughs> like, you know, i know it's part of the job but like that must <laughs> lost That's by the worst. 73 you gotta have some like <laughs> positive spin on it well Try again tomorrow, guys. Can't win them all. That's horrible. Yeah, that's just horrible. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with the Thunder. But um, let's get into some fun stuff. We are on December 8th. So we are just a couple weeks away from Christmas. I'm just getting into the Christmas spirit. Um, had a little bit of a delayed start for myself. But tonight... We're going to do this in a two-part series. Um, part one, we're going to talk in music, tunes, beats. Ooh. Part two, we'll talk films, flicks, movies. Um, so, First and foremost, are you, you are got? you fully against starting Christmas directly after Thanksgiving? Or is this no. year just specific to you that you got a late start? I don't have a preference on when it starts. It's more of a, more of a feeling thing. Um, Ooh, okay. It's a lot harder when you're kind of working from home all day and like don't leave your house. <laughs> you don't leave your house. And so, like, I'm like trying to force myself to get into the Christmas spirit, I guess. Sure. Um, but no, yeah, I don't. I like Christmas music enough. It's like, if you want to watch, if you want to start listening to music, I'm not going to get mad. I watched Christmas Vacation the other night. So that's what got me into spirit. So, um, Clark, you know, you just need a little, uh, a little holiday cheer to get you going. Um, yes. But yeah, no, sure. you're, you're welcome to put it on at Thanksgiving dinner for all I care. I don't really care. All right. Just had to get that squared away. How about you? Yeah. I mean, as long as things, I'm, I'm like the day after. Mm. I don't, I don't want to hear fucking Santa baby while I'm, uh, while I'm eating my turkey and stuffing. Save it for the day after Black Friday. Yeah. I'm Baby looking for cold looking outside for deals. playing while you're eating fucking yeah. cranberry sauce. <laughs> nah, yeah, I can't have that. I'm I'm still in Thanksgiving mode at that point. But when I'm that. like scouring the Walmart and Target websites for TVs all uh, on Black Friday, I'll, I'll take some. Yeah, I'll take some Christmas music. Yeah. Um. So on that note, I've got five written down as my best, my favorite. Top five, best five, whatever Christmas songs. Um, obviously, we want to hear the audience's take, um, whether it's who has a better list or what are your favorite Christmas songs, if we do miss them. Um, but how do you want to do this? Do you want to go down the list? Do you want to go one by one? Um, yeah, why don't you... Uh, what are you feeling, friend? Let's do like a little... Uh... Like a deck of cards, one, 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 one. You know a what I'm saying? Like, war. We're, yeah, we're dealing out a game of war. Exactly. You give me one, we'll talk about. I'll give you one. All, all right. Before we jump into it, I wanted to ask you: when we're picking songs, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's song by the artist, or are you thinking more general songs? No, no, no. It's got to be by the artist because everyone's okay. different. I would hope I, that you prepared it that way. That's how okay. I. That's how I prepared it. Only right, a psycho so my, would say, just give me this general song performed by 90 different people. Come on. <laughs> just, just give me Silver Bills, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I like the Sinatra uh, version the best. 
Look, I like the baby version. Um, all right. So the first one, this one was the hardest choice from an artist perspective. This might oh, give wait, it wait. away. And no oh, yeah. order, correct? No order. No, 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 I can't. No order. It was hard enough to pick five. I couldn't order them. All right. All right. Um, first song. I really don't know. I got to go with the... This Christmas, Donny Hathaway. Mm, incredible song. I picked him over uh, Chris Brown. So I've got the Chris Brown one on my list, although it's it's like splitting hairs. Donny Hathaway is so classic, so beautiful and warm. Chris Brown's a little more updated and fun, but you can't go wrong with either. Am and I a right? bad man, so I got to go with my boy Donny. Well, okay. One. Are we, are oh, we okay. doing that? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he's not a good human. I don't support the things he's done in the past, but the boy can sing, sing, sing. And I'm not going to deny it. And he can dance. (laughs) He's a triple threat, for Christ's sake. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was the first one that came to mind. That was probably the first song I put on when I was getting in the spirit. Uh, Mm. This Christmas, Donny Hathaway. It's a great song. Well, probably one of the more like classic, just universally loved Christmas songs, right? I feel like with so many different artists that perform it, you can find 10 people with 10 of their own favorite versions. Yeah. And as I made this list, I realized I like more like non-traditional, like classic Christmas. I like like the non-traditional ones. Like, Okay. I'm yeah. excited to hear those. But uh, yeah, what's your next one? Or what's your uh, first? So I, first one I wrote down, uh, Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry. Big big fan of that one very uh upbeat fun uh, i'm trying to think what movie that was in it's been in a million christmas movies yes home alone the one i'm yeah. thinking of specifically but uh that one gets another fucking going <laughs> yeah me too it, it really does hype me up um <laughs> talk about scumbag human beings that make, <laughs> that make great art we're not going to go into detail on this one but you can google chuck berry if you like but uh run run rudolph is forever going to be a classic to me yeah that's just like chaotic scene in, in home alone is what i just think of when i hear that song yeah i could close my eyes and i'm running through like a toys r us or an fao schwartz just grabbing as many like toys off the shelves as i can while that song's playing yeah. in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um all right the next one i got um this is well, they're probably like the number two, sometimes the number one song I that I think with. of. You know where I'm going? I think I have to know, but you you say it. Oh, Tannenbaum by Vince Guaraldi Trio. That's the that's the the go to. Oh wow! Put the record not- on. You get the tree lit up. Maybe you mm-hmm. light a candle, and that's how you get going in the spirit. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I uh, I didn't think that's where you were going. I do like it. That's that's a classic. I mean. I just bought a new candle that's the the scent of fresh baked cookies, and I think that would go <laughs> that would go swimmingly with that record. Scratching a little bit, putting up the tree. That's that's a beautiful pick. That's just one of those that I can listen to the the Vince Guaraldi trio year round. I think uh, our resident, uh, our, our, our one of our repetitive guests, Jack. Um, his anthems uh, festival has the trio in one of the days. So, yes, I know. Also, like that one, fun, but yeah, 
fun fun fact vince giraldi was uh born in san francisco died in menlo park so Hello. Here, your guy mm-hmm. great great album even better than also guy. incredible i'm on his wikipedia right now his nicknames this is like basketball reference for uh composers but uh his nicknames are dr funk which yes. i mean that's incredible and the italian leprechaun <laughs> now i need to know how fucking tall vincent anthony delagio which is his real name i need to know how tall he was if they're calling him the italian leprechaun because that if if you're over five five i don't think you can be called a leprechaun that's pretty fucked up right yeah he's got a hell of a mustache on him i must say um yeah anyone told me for those I? who don't know he's the one who's the famous uh peanuts song um he's yes. like the key behind the peanuts but in charlie brown christmas i don't know how tall he is okay he was five six i don't i don't think that's any grounds to call you a leprechaun i'm hoping that the nickname was given for other reasons besides height i highly doubt it but yeah i'd love man. to find out where he got that nickname from man r.i.p died at age 47 after a sudden massive heart attack RIP to a real one. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Funk, for all that you've given us. <laughs> you don't even know. Beautiful. What's um, your next one? My next one, I'm going with what I thought you were going with, which I think 99.9% of our listeners would go with. And that's the GOAT. It's the classic. Mariah Carey, All I Want yeah. for Christmas is You. You can't go anywhere without hearing that song. One of my, I mean, it probably is my favorite Christmas song when you boil it down to it. It's, it's just the best song. It's so good. Her version's the best. I like her version the best. Um, have you seen the video that has circulated the internet? I will, I don't know if for sure it was during, I want to say it was during like the Christmas time or the winter time, but there is, I'm sure multiple DJs do it. There's a DJ at a club. There's a video where he plays the beginning of All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah. You know how it's like that crazy buildup. All I want for Christmas is, and then he drops Soldier Boy. You and the club <laughs> goes fucking bananas. And it's well, I mean, I've, I've never been more jealous to be in a club in my life. <laughs> Did he even play the song? Just jumped into Soldier Boy. No, just jumped right into fucking Soldier Boy. He just needed that's uh, fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, he just needed Mariah for the drop, and it gets uh, the people going. Boy, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> yeah, that one. Boy did it. Um, that one's just like it. You look, you just Google Christmas playlist, and that's if it's not like 100% uh, being Crosby, it, that's just the number one song. You just it's need one one. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one one. It's Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> For sure. um, Who you got? The next one. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town by the Jackson Five. Oh, classic! I love that song. You got a little mic going one. with the with this high pitched voice. Uh, <laughs> great song, great song. Uh, yeah, that one, that one again. Going back to the Chuck Berry one, that's just like a fun song. I just, I just think of myself in a in a local uh, toy store or something like that, just jamming through there, yeah, um, drinking, drinking a pop, drinking a soda having, pop, yeah, all fun, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a banger for me. Great pick. I love that one. Um, 
I'm going to go with uh, Christmas, Baby Come Home by Darlene Love. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you know that one. Yeah. It's, a, it's another one of my favorites. Another Home Alone one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, that one, like, as soon as you hear it, that's just, that's Christmas. Um, I mean, she just screams Christmas at you forever. Yep. Yep. Um, reminds me, I don't know why, but it's just like reminds me of like traveling to see family on Christmas. Yeah. Um, reminds me of the snow. Go figure. And like the ball song. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, top five real. Uh, um, yeah, for sure. Top five uh, song played like in, in stores while you're shopping. And I feel like it doesn't get like the love or the notoriety that it deserves. Would you I agree with that? Yeah, I feel like it doesn't either, but it's one of those songs that like you hear it and everybody knows. I just don't think people know Darlene Love. And yeah, I think that's fair. I think the I think song you, is bigger than the artist. Yeah. But she uh she was great. Also found out Darlene Love played uh Roger Murtaugh's wife in Lethal, Lethal Weapon. So she's also an actor or actress, huh. sorry. Go figure. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but no, I had that one as my honorable mention. Um, because I'm not gonna lie, I came around to that song knowing like who it was by just only about a year and a half ago. So it's a late add to my list of loves. Um, so Fair. I put it on the HMs. Okay. Who you got next? This one's more recent, but it's uh near and dear to my heart. John Legend's What Christmas Means to Me. Um I had that on mine as well. Song on his most recent uh, Christmas album. I think I have a personal tie to it just because we saw him live when that album came out. And you also get Stevie Wonder who does his own version of this song, busts out that harmonica. And it's just a great song. It's upbeat. It's full of jingle bells in the background. John Legend can't lose. Um, yeah, it's, it's Agreed. that's another one of those like kickoff Christmas music songs that I can listen to. Yeah, for sure. And it's not like the same old boring classic Christmas song that like you sleep through. It's it's yeah. fun. It's upbeat. It's fun to listen to. And anytime you get like a Stevie Wonder feature where he's just like blowing the shit out of his harmonica, I'm all in. <laughs> so it's, it's always beautiful music. Um, but that one was on my song. list as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking uh, he was Literally. playing harmonica all over that Bush album with Snoop and yeah. Pharrell. <laughs> what he does. Uh, great pick. So I would probably here go with uh, your 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 classic boring chalk pick. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'm gonna go Buble version. Um, yeah, you got to go Buble I've, version. I've mentioned before. This is a very very pro Buble household. Um, <laughs> that album probably gets played more than any other in this house, and I've grown to love it. And Buble can do no wrong, especially in the wintertime. I've seen him live as well. That guy puts on a hell of a show. He's got pipes. He does. And he's very, very interactive with the crowd. Uh, he's like an old like jazz club singer where he's making jokes, talking to people. He's awesome. So He's also one of those guys where like, his voice just does not fit what he looks like. No, you wouldn't expect this little like skinny Italian guy. But... <laughs> That's the, him. The Italian leprechaun. <laughs> Dr. Funk. Um, yeah, that one's on my list. It it's just a it's just a great song. Um mm -hmm. 
when he comes in, you just hear his voice. You're like, oh, sing to me, Buble. I need to hear yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. The last one that I have, this is like, I guess it's one of the only like classic ones, although Otanabon's pretty classic, but Frank Sinatra's Silent Night. Um, mm. In this household, we're big <laughs> Silent Night fans. Um, and for some reason, Frank Sinatra's version just reminds me of Bad Santa when uh, Billy Bob Thornton is just like mangled around the house and that song's playing in the background. Um, You're going to yell at me. What's that? You hate it? Never seen that movie. Bad Santa? I have not. Damn. Well, we'll talk about to... movies next week, but yeah, I'll have to put it on the list for this year. You Maybe might need to pop that on your flight to Hawaii. Yeah, good call. Maybe may. not, because it'd be kind of weird to watch that on the flight. <laughs> people look at you. <laughs> yeah. Have the, the mother next to me. Naughty movies on the flight. <laughs> oh man, tell me about it. I watched Caddyshack on the way to New Orleans one time and I thought it was there's bad. Just, there's just oh, there's boobs in that movie and there's <laughs> boobs out of nowhere and I wasn't planning like I didn't know I was supposed to cover my screen at the time. Yeah, Dog, the All last bad. few shows I've watched on flights have been Peaky Blinders <laughs> and The Wire. I got that thing like turned around when shit happens. I'm like, oh shit, they're looking at me. You got Arthur oh, Shelby watching. playing with his nose and then shooting somebody <laughs> in the face on a plane. I forgot to tell That's you one right. time I was most recently I was on a flight back from somewhere and I was watching The Wire. And these two older ladies were asking me what I was watching. And I had to explain to them about what The Wire is. It's a show about uh, drug dealers in Baltimore. I don't know. <laughs> I was so fucking uncomfortable. Man, you're, you better be glad I wasn't sitting there. I would have had, I would have been talking their ear off for an hour. So it's a great show. It would have been like that meme of that guy at the bar screaming in the Just girl's in ear. Their ear. Yeah. It's actually Baltimore PD, but it also focuses on the streets. <laughs> This guy named McNulty, he's got a lot of teeth, but he means well. <laughs> Can't get out of his own way. <laughs> oh, um, man. But no. Is that on me? Uh, yeah, I, I wrapping it up. My, my last pick was Silent Night by, by old Frankie Blue Eyes. Okay, yeah. Can't go wrong with Frankie Blue Eyes around the wintertime. Love Frank. Um, voice of an angel. That's all you got to say. Uh, my last one... I'm going to go with Merry Christmas, baby, but I'm going to go with the Charles Brown version. You have to. Um, specifically because that's the version in Friday After Next. Mm-hmm. I believe that song is playing um, when uh, old ladies rolling up a blunt waiting for Sweet Dick Willie on her couch on yep. Christmas Eve. Am I correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was the first time I had ever heard that version was in that movie and that's i mean we'll talk about it next episode but that's up there it's one of my favorite christmas movies um and then you add that uh why am i going blank miss pearly yeah yeah when you when you add that to a miss pearly scene that's it for me so merry christmas baby yeah it's such a good version so soulful um so yeah that would be my last one i got a couple honorable mench but uh, why don't you go first if you got any? Yeah. So for honorable mentions, I mentioned I had a darling loves Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Feliz Navidad. Just of course. A fun song. It's a banger. And then the last one, Meli um, Kaliki Maka mm, is uh, the uh, Bean Crosby version. 
how they sing and say Merry Christmas on the islands of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That one was a late scratch from my top five to honorable mention. Um, but yeah, that one's a fucking banger. That is a banger. Great song. Put you in the, I might have to fire that up this week while I'm on the islands, brother. You fucking um, better. It, it, it's the time to do it. If there's any time. <laughs> um, but those are great. What do you got? Uh, let's see. So I've got uh, like a newer one. Miss Parker by Chance and Jeremiah. Of course. Uh, they, they put out the Merry Christmas Little Mama album. It's got some good ones on there, but that's by far my favorite. I really like that one. Um, what else? Christmas in Harlem, Kanye, Tiana Taylor. Still not a, not a classic one, more of like a, a fun spin on a Christmas music. And then my last one, the classic, man. I don't know how neither of us said it in our top five, but Dominic the Donkey by uh, Lou. I think it's Lou Monte. Lou Monte. You know that song, don't you? That uh, that song is not welcome in the Baldrige household anymore. <laughs> really? Does Gina B have an want issue? to be called Dominic the Donkey? <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot Damo. Damn. Uh, yeah, good call. Yeah, because I'd be in the house. What a fucking song. I love and funny enough, Dominic the Donkey. <laughs> I had never even heard that song until like four years ago, I think. I haven't heard of it until you brought it up. Oh, did I show you? You're like, have you heard Dominic the Donkey? I was like, I fucking have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, I had no clue either. (laughs) You fucking did the sounds. Shiggity chick. The Italian singing donkey. Yeah, that's a great song. God. Um, So, yeah. Another one just to talk about Buble is his Holly Jolly Christmas is fire too. That's yeah. another good mall song. <laughs> he does have a, a very good song. <laughs> yeah. You know, that whole album. Cocoa and to some yeah. later, <laughs> you could run that whole album front to back and there's no skips. We should have uh, Shea Serrano and uh, Jinx do a no skips on his Christmas album. Um, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to bring up, it's not a favorite song or an honorable mention, but it's more of a uh, an issue I have. And it's the issue of people trying to cancel Baby, it's cold outside. Oh, now I don't want to be too controversial on this program, but John Legend on that beautiful album that he did, he remade Baby, It's Cold Outside with Kelly Clarkson, and he made it the fucking uh, like PC, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He made like the uh, the non um aggressive version of yeah like the non-threatening version i guess you could say and a lot of people think that it's like a date rape song and people have camp been canceling it for like over 10 years now i think people have had an issue with this song and i just think it's fucking ridiculous the song was written in like the 40s no one was pressuring everyone to have sex i don't even think they mentioned sex in the song it was cold outside you never want to send a woman out in the cold and uh, I think it's ridiculous. I've, have you read the lyrics of the John Legend version? It makes me like physically angry when I read it. I have them. not. I've got an idea of like the normal lyrics. And um, <laughs> I do find it kind of funny how it's being canceled or being remade. But what is, uh, what's John Legend's lyrics? So it's, I almost want to like when the read normal them. versions, like stay inside. It's cold outside. <laughs> like what does John Lennon say? So, uh, yeah. So basically the original one is like the man trying to convince the woman to stay. Yeah. Uh, and 
pretty much in the John Legend one, she's saying, oh, I got to go. And he's like, oh, I'll get you an Uber. Or like, uh, I'll get you a cab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I really can't stay. I understand, baby. Baby, it's cold outside. I should simply go text me when you get home. Oh, I'm what? supposed to say no. I guess that's respectable. <laughs> this welcome has been. I feel lucky that you dropped in. So nice and warm, but you better go before it storms. My sister will be suspicious. Well, gosh, your lips look delicious. That one, okay, John. I don't know uh, what you're doing there. Boy. My brother will be there at the door. Oh, he loves my music, baby, I'm sure. Um, Brother's waiting just, hands. <laughs> yeah, he, he's basically... Uh, I don't like what he did here. I think he made something pure or took something pure and he tried to make like a, a, a better version of it. That's more fitting to a uh, cancel culture. And uh, I think it's fucking ridiculous. I think saying that that song is anything, but you know, a, a Christmas song is ridiculous as well. That's my take. Shoot me. I mean, it's a, uh... There are some, some some questionable lyrics in the Dean Martin version. Um, oh, not you too. No, it is Dean Martin, but it's a good uh, it's a good uh, it's a good duet. And I'm just looking at the lyrics for this one. Um, <laughs> so really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't hurry. But maybe just a half drink more. Put some records on while I pour. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Say what's in this drink. <laughs> No cabs to be had out there. Wish I knew how. Your eyes don't, are like starlight now. Don't you dare try to compare you Dean Martin to Rick spell. Ross. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. <laughs> I'll just hat. say no, 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 sir. Mind if I move in closer? I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, a, it's just a fun little back and forth, man. There's nothing yeah, bad going on bit. in that song. I mean, I don't think it should be taken away from the from the the lore of Christmas songs, but objectively, it's a little uh, a little forthcoming, I would say. Oh, not you too. I'm still going to listen to it. <laughs> I, I, would, I would hope so. Um, Definitely not listening to maybe it's moderately warm outside. You should go home. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you an Uber. Don't touch me. Like, come on, John Legend. Get the fuck out of here. Um, um, yeah, quite a lot of con- <laughs> quite a lot of controversy about that one um yeah i mean look here there's a oh, this isn't good for my case fuck here we go <laughs> and the, it's baby it's cold outside uh wikipedia <laughs> there's a section called lyrical controversy <laughs> which is never good <laughs> um i mean they're controversial yeah. lyrics he says your lips look delicious twice in the same verse i mean I mean, they look delicious. What's, what's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, right here. Yeah. Others that others have noted that cultural expectations at the time of the song's writing were such that women were not socially permitted to stay the night with a boyfriend or fiance and that the woman states she wants to stay while what's in this drink was a common idiom of the period used to sidestep social expectations by blaming your actions on the influence of alcohol. So it wasn't like he was dropping a little Molly in her drink. She ain't even know oh. it. That's not what he was doing. That's Rick Ross. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and people are trying to lump him in there with Rosé. And I'm not going to have it. Frank Loser, the original writer of this song, had no intentions of that. And uh, I just think it's a beautiful little Christmas jingle. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
He's just I want to dig this. Respected. I don't want to dig this grave even deeper. <laughs> or is it at next Christmas time to see if the things change? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing that's not going to change. I'm not going to listen to the bullshit John Legend version. That's for sure. No. So. no. Um, well, if we were to change our songs to take us out, I would probably take us out with this song. But um, we'll be off next week. My uh, good friend, you'll be going off to... Uh, You'll be taking your trip to the islands. I know I took my trip to the islands earlier this year um, around the half Christmas mark. You'll be taking mm-hmm. it for the uh, the true Christmas time. Yes. Need a vacay. Can't wait. I haven't really gone anywhere since uh, the old panty hit. So it'll be fun. Uh, we'll miss we'll miss you guys next week, but we'll be back after that, ready to roll. And uh, we'll have the, the film version of what we just did rather than the music. Cannot wait. Well, enjoy your trip, my friend. Um, thank you, my G. Everybody, thank you so much for the support. Um, really, really, truly thankful for the people that listen to this, not only like once, but just like on a regular basis. Like, that's insane. Um, couldn't be yeah. more grateful for you guys. Um, but yeah, we'll be off next week and then we'll come back and wrap up the year. We'll wrap up the holiday season. Um, and by holiday then, maybe season. we'll see some clay action. Maybe we'll get some. Uh, we'll definitely have a record broken from from Steph. But uh, yes, yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll see you guys soon. Yep. And thanks again, everybody, for everybody that reached out or posted on their socials or whatever about the show. We appreciate you guys. Everybody, take it easy. Love y'all. Peace.